Hi, and thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to our latest National Governors Association School Leadership Hot Topics podcast. I'm Seth Gerson, Program Director for K-12 Education at NGA. And today I have the immense pleasure to engage in a conversation with Sarah Rosenberg of New Leaders on her organization's recent work on strategies for developing and supporting principals and school leaders in states. Today we'll discuss, among other topics, research on the impact and key attributes of effective principals and ways that governors and states are moving work forward in this area, including through the Every Student Succeeds Act. Please note that we recently recorded and released four other webinars and podcasts on school leadership, including with the Learning Policy Institute, nationally recognized school leadership expert, Dr. Jackie Wilson, and governors, education policy advisors, and education state chiefs from Delaware, Louisiana, and Tennessee. You can find all of these webinars and podcasts at the NGA Education webpage on the NGA website. We plan to release five more school leadership podcasts over the next month. Please look out for our next podcast with Dr. Steve Tozer to be released in the coming weeks. These podcasts are supported by and in partnership with the Wallace Foundation. The Wallace Foundation works to support principal and school leader preparation, development, and support across the country. Their Wallace Knowledge Center has multiple resources, tools, and reports on state strategies for school leadership, including Wallace's new report outlining the impact of effective principal pipelines on student achievement. You can find these resources at wallacefoundation.org or through a direct link on our NGA Education webpage. With that, let's dive into the conversation with Sarah. Sarah, if you could tell us briefly about yourself and the New Leaders Program. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's I guess what's most important to know about me is that I'm from North Carolina, uh, and I started my career as a high school English teacher in rural North Carolina for three years. Um, about nine years ago, I came to D.C., and I've been working in education policy in a couple different organizations. Um, and most recently, before I came to New Leaders, um, I worked on the Senate Education Committee for Senator Patty Murray during ESEA reauthorization, and then I came to New Leaders as their senior director of policy. Um, and so now I'm at New Leaders. Uh, it's a national nonprofit that trains principals and other school leaders, like teacher leaders, aspiring and current principals, and principal supervisors. We're currently in over 30 districts and regions, and since 2000, we've trained over 3,900 leaders who annually impact nearly half a million students. You probably know us from the Aspiring Principals Program, which trains new principals to enter and transform low-performing schools. But since our founding in 2002, we've expanded our programming to all levels of school leaders. There are two really important things that are important to know about us. The first, our organization is deeply focused on equity, so nearly eight in the 10 students that we serve are from low-income families. And then also, our programs are research-based. So we'll talk about the research later during the podcast, but in an independent study, RAND recently found that students in new leaders-led schools perform better by statistically significant margins compared to their peers in non-new leaders-led schools. So what we've seen is that our program works, and that's something that we're really proud of. Thanks, Sarah. And we hear a lot, principles matter. Principles are critical to school and student success. Can you provide a little bit of the research base, a little bit of background for our listeners on why principles and, and school leaders are so important and what New Leaders has found to be the key attributes of an effective principal and school leader. How have you seen that role change over time? Sure, Seth. So before I dig into this kind of meaty question, I want to step back and reflect briefly on why we're talking about principles at all. 
So you've probably heard that teachers are the most important in-school factor that determines student achievement, and that is absolutely true. Principals are a close second to teachers. Have you ever had a boss that drove you to leave your job or a boss that really inspired your professional growth? That's why principals matter. So it's no surprise that fully 97% of teachers list principal quality as critical to their retention and career decisions, more than any other factor. As a result, a state cannot have a strong teaching force without strong school leadership. Um, and what we've seen is that an effective school leader at the helm is particularly important in order to improve the lowest performing schools. And what we've seen is an effective school leader at the helm is particularly important in order to improve the lowest performing schools. A landmark study funded by the Wallace Foundation found virtually no documented instances of troubled schools being turned around without intervention by a powerful leader. Everything that happens in schools depends upon the caliber of our nation's 90,000 principals. But closing the achievement gap rests largely in the hands of a much smaller number of educators leading schools that serve large populations of high-need students, so approximately 22,000 principals. To give a sense of scale of the number of principals that are serving these large populations of high-need students, I'll give an analogy that resonates for me as a native North Carolinian. This is roughly the same number of Tar Heel fans who can watch a Carolina basketball game together at the Dean Smith Center. And on a state-by-state -state level, the number of principals in high-need schools is even smaller. What we've seen at New Leaders and beyond is that principals improve student achievement by ensuring great teaching happens in each and every classroom in their schools. So transformational principals are like great coaches. They invest time and resources in training their team. They make smart choices about where and when to play each team member, and they instill a relentless drive to achieve. Great school leaders play three key roles. They are the instructional leader, the culture builder, and the talent manager. Because a principal does not directly teach kids, a principal's impact on student learning and achievement is indirect, accomplished through the critical work of her teachers. A great school leader employs a variety of strategies to get the best out of each teacher by leveraging individual strengths, supporting improvement, and making their school a great place to work. And a great school leader cultivates leadership in others by providing skilled teachers with opportunities to lead or mentor their peers, along with the training, support, and time they need to execute those leadership responsibilities well. And so as the role of the principal has shifted to focus on instructional leadership, so too has the role of district administrators responsible for managing school leaders. In their plans to implement ESSA, 11 states are reimagining the principal supervisor role to shift from one of compliance to one of support. So in Pennsylvania, for example, state leaders plan to use a portion of their 3% set aside to create a statewide model exclusively for principal supervisor coaching. We often say that every teacher deserves a great boss, and the same is true of principals who need support from a skilled supervisor who understands the demands of their job and has the background and skill set to help them be successful as the instructional leaders in their building. Thanks, Sarah. And uh, I'll let the North Carolina analogy slide even as a University of Maryland alum, but uh, <laughs> it'll be good. Um, so in terms of the work you've been doing at New Leaders, um, talking about the recent research you've done on principals and school leaders, and particularly what the implications of the reports are, are for governors and state policymakers, particularly around creating those conditions for empowering districts. You mentioned 30 districts earlier 
um, in our in our interview. So how are those districts developing and supporting principals and school leaders and how can governors create the state conditions for that work to be uh, moved forward? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we are really excited to talk about this new RAND Corporation study that came out earlier this year, um, focusing on our aspiring principals program. So our program to train new principals to enter and dramatically improve low-performing schools. RAND found that students who attend new leader schools outperform their peers by statistically significant margins in both math and reading. RAND also found positive outcomes related to student attendance and principal retention, both of which contribute to student achievement and sustained school improvement. So what's the takeaway? Research-based leadership development can make a difference for students and schools. We firmly believe that the most important thing states and districts can do today is invest in leadership strategies, programs, or partnerships that are supported by the research on what works. The second key takeaway from the RAND report is a real first for the field, and I'm gonna get a little wonky here because it's something I'm really excited about. So we now have hard data telling us how aspiring principals' performance during their training is correlated to their later performance on the job. So RAND found that when leaders score better on instructional and adult or team leadership skills during the aspiring principals program, once on the job, they were more likely to deliver strong math and literacy results. For aspiring principals who scored better on cultural and operational leadership skills, they were more likely to remain as principals serving their communities. This emerging field of predictive analytics is exciting to say the least. Understanding how to measure these competencies early to tailor and target the support aspiring principals receive could truly be a game changer for the field and most crucially for students. So we at New Leaders are certainly taking this research and these findings and incorporating them into our program and what we focus on uh, and what we assess for. Um, but we see this really as a finding that can be used across the field to figure out kind of what um, different programs should be focusing on in order to get the outcomes that we're looking for for our leaders and ultimately for our students. The third key takeaway underscores the importance of investing in leadership pipelines. So in 2014, RAND conducted an earlier evaluation of the Aspiring Principals Program, again finding positive statistically significant results for students served by those leaders. But we believed we could do better than these 2014 results. So between 2014 and today, new leaders introduced Emerging Leaders, which is a selective leadership development program for teachers that also serves as a pipeline for aspiring principals. Reaching potential leaders earlier in their careers and providing high quality tailored training helps build robust leadership pipelines for our partners and is contributing to our alumni's ever stronger results. 2019 student impact results were more than double 2014's statistically significant results. The RAND Corporation also found positive and statistically significant results in math and reading in schools led by newly placed principals in districts supported by the Wallace Foundation's Principal Pipeline Initiative, or PPI. Together, the two reports, the RAND Report on New Leaders and the RAND Report on PPI, highlight how investments in research-based leadership strategies programs and partnerships can make a significant difference for students and schools in the short term while building district capacity to sustain those results over time. Given the magnitude of the results, the report suggests that leadership investments are not only effective, but also cost efficient. Though the new leaders report did not look specifically at cost, the PPI report did, and they found that comprehensive leadership reforms cost on average $42 per student and represented just 0.5% of district's budget. 
So we see this, this investment in school leadership not just as a smart investment, but also as a cost-effective one. Thanks, Sarah. That's really helpful. And so in terms of, you mentioned earlier about the Every Student Succeeds Act and the ability for that to provide some opportunities for developing and supporting principals and school leaders, particularly using that 3% set aside that's in the law for school leadership. Can you give us a little bit of state models for uh, those states that are do using ESSA in innovative ways? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I'm sure you guys know, the Every Student Succeeds Act, or ESSA, includes important new and expanded opportunities to strengthen school leadership, particularly in our nation's highest need schools and communities. So for the first time, states can target up to 8% of their Title II allocation specifically for state investments in school leadership, including, as you mentioned, Seth, via a new 3% set aside. So as you know, every state receives funding under Title II of ESSA, one of the two major formula grant programs that can support school leadership. States can devote 5% of their Title II allocation for teacher and leader development, an additional 3% for leadership development only. So if federal appropriations remain steady, the 3% set aside alone could mean sizable new opportunities for leadership investments, anywhere from $300,000 to $400,000 annually in a small state like Delaware or Wyoming, or six to seven million dollars in a large state like California or Texas. We are excited to see that around 24 or 25 states plan to use the Title II 3% set aside for school leadership. And I'll give a couple of examples. So for example, Arkansas is using the 3% set aside to develop two credentials related to school leadership. The first, a credential around demonstrated distributed leadership where a principal shares responsibility for leading the school with the teachers in the school, and the second around demonstrated leadership in turnaround schools. Rhode Island is another state taking the 3% set aside, and with this funding, Rhode Island is coordinating a series of leadership initiatives, including developing and aligning the competencies necessary for educational leadership according to leadership role. So focusing on competencies at the central office, at the building level and teacher leadership and making sure all three of those are aligned. This funding will also support the development of a vision around sustained shared leadership and toolkits to support district development of shared leadership structures. I also want to mention Title I, another major formula program at ESSA that is often overlooked when it comes to school leadership. So language throughout ESSA provides states and districts with greater flexibility to develop and adopt research-based, locally tailored strategies that can harness school leadership to close achievement and opportunity gaps in high-need schools. For example, Section 103 requires states to set aside 7% of their Title I funds for a range of activities to help school districts improve low-performing schools. Of that amount, states can reserve 5% for state activities, including to reduce barriers and provide operational flexibility to schools implementing improvement plans. A few years ago, we conducted research with the Bush Institute and found that providing principals with this sort of operational flexibility, or what we call balanced autonomy, over staffing schedules and budgets helps principals execute their vision for school improvement and get results for kids. Thanks, Sarah, and really appreciate the, the state models themselves. So that's the question we get so much from governor's advisors is who is doing this work well and uh, wh where can we look for, for models? So that's going to be very helpful. Taking a step back and thinking more generally, for a governor's state who's listening to this and interested in moving work forward in this area, what would advice, main advice would you give them prior to getting started? 
So I want to answer this question in two ways. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about the how. Uh, we've seen governors and states engage in this work, and then I want to finish by talking a little bit about the what. So we've really seen governors take a lead in this work, and given their role, there's a few places that are particularly important for a governor to engage. So first, we've seen governors use their bully pulpit and appointment authority to articulate their vision of leadership. So depending on the governing structure of the state, a governor can appoint a state chief or members of the State Board of Education. Governors can ensure that these key roles are filled by people who understand the importance of school leadership and the fundamental role that principal preparation plays in ensuring strong school leadership. So one place that we've seen this play out is in Connecticut. In 2013, then-Governor Malloy and the State Superintendent of Education made a strategic decision to invest in building leadership capacity across the education system. The State Department of Education issued a request for proposals that brought together a diverse coalition of organizations, universities, nonprofits, state associations, to create LEAD Connecticut. LEAD Connecticut has created innovative new programs that identify, prepare, and induct leaders at the school and district level with an intensive focus on building leadership capacity and creating conditions for success in the state's lowest performing schools. Governors also have a critical role to play in terms of strongly leading on legislation on key leadership priorities. For example, former Governor Susana Martinez has championed New Mexico's Principals Pursuing Excellence Program to improve the practice of sitting principals in low-performing schools. After a rigorous screening process, participating principals attend a summer institute focused on core leadership practices, data-driven instruction, staff and student culture, observation, and feedback. Then they put those lessons into practice, assessing school needs and establishing a 90-day action plan containing effective turnaround strategies. Two successful leaders assist in the development of the plan and provide ongoing coaching and mentoring during monthly on-site visits and frequent check-ins. New Mexico is starting the fourth cohort of Principals Pursuing Excellence this summer, and this program was lauded by one of its biggest champions, Governor Martinez, in her 2016 state address a few years ago. It's helping turn around struggling schools. In fact, after just one year, 53% of schools with participating principals saw their school grade increase by at least one letter grade. The next year, 60% saw grades improve in their first year. What a difference that makes for students. When we choose to reform and commit to reform, we see results. Finally, there's a lot of debate in DC around the federal role in education, but the truth is that around 90% of education funding, as you know, comes from state and local sources. So in most states, governors have a key role in developing the state budget and deciding which initiatives receive funding and governors can use that authority to fund programs to improve principal preparation. For example, Governor Gina Raimondo of Rhode Island gave voice to the importance of school leaders in her 2016 budget address and took steps to support school autonomy and innovation via a school empowerment initiative to provide principals and other school leaders with autonomy over school-level decision-making. Now that I've talked about the how, I wanna talk a little bit about the what in terms of which policies state leaders should consider pursuing as they look at these different levers. So first, uh, states can foster a pipeline of teacher leaders. Instructional leadership teams build adult management skills and allow teachers to continue to refine their instructional practice. These skills prepare future leaders and increase leadership responsibilities in the short term. And this is a policy that we saw strongly supported through the RAND results that I talked about earlier. Another thing that states can do is raise the bar for principal preparation programs. 
So the Wallace Foundation several years ago funded new leaders to work with traditional principal preparation programs to provide policy guidance to states on how to hold a higher bar for all programs. So new leaders worked with the University Council for Educational Administration, or UCEA, a group of colleges and universities who are working to improve principal preparation on a toolkit to help states identify the ways in which they can improve principal preparation. States can also create stronger systems and tools for principal hiring and succession planning. So they can use their additional capacity at the state level to create a more rigorous model selection process um, for districts to use. And finally, states can prioritize evidence in key initiatives. One of the most important changes in ESSA was the foundation focus on evidence. Regardless of the lever that a governor or a state chief chooses to use, Evidence of effectiveness should drive what a state chooses to prioritize and fund. School leadership strategies grounded in best practices on what works are one of those evidence-based practices, and one that promises a return far greater than the initial investment. Thanks, Sarah. Really clear examples there of how a governor can use the bully pulpit and their agenda-setting levers and powers uh, to advance school leadership in, in states. Now, in terms of the new leader, uh, new leaders work, uh, where do you see it heading next? What are you most excited about in this area? Well, coming off the RAND results, we are so excited and energized. They really tell us that our approach is working and that we're getting even better at what we do. At the same time, our school system partners tell us that they need quality leadership training for a wider range of educators not just aspiring principals, and they need it to be more targeted to their unique needs and financial circumstances. This need aligns with a key lesson we've learned over the years. Improving the principalship is necessary, but insufficient to transforming schools and sustaining long-term improvements for students. So in recent years, we've begun to carefully adapt our successful leadership training for principals to support leaders at all levels of the system, from teacher leaders to principals and their supervisors. We're also using a wider range of quality delivery methods, including a blended learning approach, combining our in-person training with online learning and collaboration. By expanding both the who and the how of our approach, we aim to be a stronger, more nimble partner to even more states, districts, and CMOs in need of outstanding leadership, including those in urban and rural regions. So in five years, we aim to reach a scale that would make the new leaders community equivalent to the largest school district in the country. We are also excited to go deep in two to four regions, working closely with all leaders at every level of the system. We've already seen some evidence of what is possible when districts begin to prioritize leadership at the system level. For example, the recent results showing Chicago as the fastest improving large school district in the country. We hope to continue supporting our partners to show similar proof points of what's possible for students and communities when effective leadership practices are embedded in the very DNA of the system. Thanks, Sarah, for the great conversation and insights. Listeners, please note that all reports and resources discussed during the podcast will also be attached to the recording. Please look out for our next podcast with nationally recognized school leadership expert, Dr. Steve Tozer, and visit the NGA Education webpage for this and future podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening and have a great day.